James chapter number three. James chapter number three. My wife and I are getting some new neighbors. Uh, we don't yet know who they're going to be, but we're losing our old neighbors. And, uh, you know, it's one thing neighbors across the street, uh, you know, a couple houses down or whatever like that, but neighbors directly next to you, you just never know who you're going to get. So um, I, I would pitch to you to, to look for the possibility of buying a house, but I don't think anyone wants to live next to their pastor. So uh, I'm just joking with you. But, uh, uh, you know, sometimes the best neighbors are the neighbors you can chat with, but you both kind of give each other your space. Although it really is interesting that neighbors sure know uh, they, they, they figure everything out about your life, too, without no, you having to tell them a whole lot. You just see them outside a few times, and you figure an awful lot out about the neighbors. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't tell them about my leg, but they see me hobbling around. What did you do to your leg? I'm thinking, when did you even see me? You know, like, what, 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 are you watching me? Or, um, and it was funny this morning. We had a little hubbub with all the fire out here and everything, and uh, the neighbors over here were asking me the same thing. They said, how's your leg? Where's your brace at? And uh, I said, how do you even know that? I've never even spoken to you since, since this has happened. But uh, neighbors sure figure things out, don't they? And uh, um, Caleb has really struck him. Uh, uh, he, he's, he's always loved dogs and puppies in theory. But our particular neighbor that's moving away uh, has a dog that they're always, you know, mostly inside dog, but they take it out quite often, you know, to uh, let it take care of its business. And, of course, we have a chain uh, link fence between our house and theirs. And so, but Caleb will go right up to that fence now. He was especially intimidated before, but he'll go right up to it, and now he'll just chat with the neighbor, talk to the dog. You know, the dog's name is Opie. He'll talk to Opie, you know. He can say Opie's name and everything. So neighbor keeps telling us, I think you guys need to get a dog. And <laughs> so I said, you know, that's a mutual decision. Husband and wife both have to have one. And, um, you know, I'm not against dogs. I love, I grew up with a dog, grew up with a couple dogs. And, um, but uh, I, I do think if you have a dog, you should have a place for him to run around a little bit. And um, uh, in town makes it a little hard. I get, maybe that comes from me growing up in the country and then seeing dogs in town and thinking, man, there's so much, you know, so much freedom that they are missing when they're in town, you know. But um, uh, the, neighbor, the other neighbors across from us are pretty new too. They have a couple dogs also, uh, but uh, they're not quite as uh, tame. All right, they're, they're a little bit more rambunctious. They chased, chased the other neighbor's cat across the road one day, and uh, they were growling and snarling, all kinds of uh, noise all through the night, you know. So, um, uh, but, uh, you know, one thing about, uh, one thing about business, other people's business, it, it has a way of, of perking our interest, doesn't it? It's uh, uh, whether, we, whether we intend to or not, there's a part of our nature, uh, uh, really our sin nature, that enjoys knowing tidbits of information, whether good or bad, about other people and, and hearing about it, okay? Um, it doesn't matter who you are. Some of us are maybe more uh, favorable to that than others and, and enjoy hearing that than others, but there is that part of us, you know? I mean, uh, if you saw all the number of people that pulled into the parking lot just this morning just to look and see the, the fire that was across the way in the garage that, that took place there. Um, and I was just chatting with a few of the folks that come in, and I said, do you guys live down the street? No, we're about two, three streets down. I'm thinking, what are you parking in our parking lot for? You know, <laughs> This isn't even your street. <laughs> but but uh, we, there's just a part of us that we've got to know what's going on, you know. And uh, some of us are real good at, you know, the newspapers or social media, and we can just scan and thoroughly know. Uh, my wife's pretty good at keeping track of things on, on uh, uh, you know, the news and that sort. She can, 
read just enough or catch just enough of an article to know all of what's happening. So it's very rare that I find something out that she doesn't know, you know, and I'll say, did you see about this? Yes, I already read it. And I think, okay, well, so much for conversation there, you know, <laughs> not getting anywhere with that one. But, um, uh, you know, some of us are just more into that sort of thing. I want to I begin a new uh, kind of series with you and um, on these Sunday nights here together and talking together about uh, taming the tongue and more than one way of the tongue. You know, we can be pretty um, broad when discussing the tongue in James chapter 3. Our, my intent is not to walk through this passage in its great in-depth, but really in more of a, of a sense to consider the areas concerning our communication with other people and our, our tongue as a whole, as well as our relationships with other people and how we are to use our tongue. The Bible tells us in James chapter 3 and verse number 7, for every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. Okay? Verse 7, understand the context that is there. James is referring to the very fact that man is created unique in the image of God, different from all the rest of creation. Okay? And so what he is saying here is that because man has been created with a conscience, because man has been given that dominion, man is even so much as able to tame wild beasts. Uh, some of the most rambunctious of animals and the most, uh, you know, dangerous of animals can be tamed by mankind. But what does he say in following verse 8? But the tongue can no man tame. It is, un it, it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Let's pray here together. Our heavenly gracious Father, we ask that you'd bless us as we study this passage together and the, the topic for tonight. Lord, I pray that you would uh, give me your Holy Spirit's filling. And may you be glorified through all that is said and done tonight. And we pray and ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me to Leviticus 19, if you would. Leviticus 19. We're thinking in an introduction here concerning the tongue, that which cannot be tamed. Okay, so as believers, it is through the power of the Holy Spirit, through God's help, that we are to seek to tame the tongue. Okay, that we are to have control of the tongue. Leviticus uh, we were referencing this a little bit this morning. Remember, we find these books of the Pentateuch with many principles and instructions that are given to the Jews concerning the law and how they were to live. The, the methods in their obedience may change. There's not to be that, um, that exact, you know, uh, as the scribes did, uh, specifics to everything, but we are to be in obedience to the word of God. Uh, if you want to know more what I'm talking about, go back and listen to this morning's message if you did not already. But Leviticus 19, verse 16, the word of God says, Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people. Now, what is a talebearer? All right, I don't often bring questions back to you on a Sunday evening, but I am today. Is it talking about somebody with a tail? Bearing a tail? No? A gossip. Okay. That's what the first subject I want to talk to you about. Not an easy subject, but uh, a subject that is relevant, I think, to every believer as well as unbeliever. This matter of gossip. Gossip. Um, Webster's Dictionary defines gossip as a person who habitually reveals personal or uh, sensational facts about others. Um, you know... <laughs> We talked a little bit about addictions this morning, and, and uh, truthfully, some people can be addicted to gossip. They can be addicted to finding, digging up, looking for, listening to information uh, that has nothing to do with them at all. 
but they take great pleasure in hearing it and take great, even more great pleasure in sharing it. Okay, what does the Bible say concerning gossip? In Proverbs chapter 18, we're going to look in a few passages here together. Let's turn there together. Proverbs 18, the Bible tells us uh, yet even further concerning the tongue. We know James chapter 3, and we will again find ourselves there, uh, I'm sure, more as we look together at these different topics that we'll study together. But Proverbs 18 verse 21, the Word of God says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. We're talking about the power of good and both the power of evil come through our words. It goes without saying that words really do make a difference. And uh, they can make a difference for the good of an individual as well as for the bad of an individual. One person put it this way, there's one letter difference between words and swords. There's one letter difference between words and swords. Um, uh, every word has power for both good and evil. In Proverbs chapter 16, just a page back, the word of God says, An ungodly man diggeth up evil, and, his, uh, and in his lips there is as a burning fire. It's an ungodly man that digs up evil. Okay. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share uh, lighthearted. I'm not saying this is evil, but I, I find this humorous. Uh, whether you were a part of this intentionally, unintentionally, or not. But I thought it very humorous to hear uh, that which was said about me during my time away. And uh, they, uh, that uh, somehow it had escalated to a point that some, uh, even within our church, had talked. And this is not the reason for this subject tonight, but I just thought it, it is relevant for what we're talking about. And they, that enough discussion had escalated to such a point that somehow Pastor Miller had attempted to come in on a second week of ACL uh, surgery recovery and he had fallen, and he had hurt a snap, or something had happened in his leg, and he was back in the hospital. And uh, lo and behold, my wife had two or three messages. I, had, I was uh, napping right after service, and uh, I had a couple messages, a few missed phone calls, and we're trying to figure out what's going on, what in the world is, is everyone worked up about, and come to find out that was a story. It was like a game of telephone. You're playing telephone with kids, and uh, you take a message, uh, that begins one way, and you get all the way to the end, and what they're saying at the end doesn't even make sense. You know? And uh, sometimes if we're not careful, we can allow ourselves to be both a speaker of as well as a listener of that which is concerning someone else, which we don't even know, need to, we don't even know to necessarily be true. Now, let me tell you, some of the people I trust the most, uh, that, that uh, you know, my wife, for example, I'm going to trust her word when she tells me something, okay? Uh, but, uh, and we all have those people in our life that we say, well, I just really trust their word. When they tell me something, I really believe that this is factual. But I say to you, it doesn't matter truthfully who it is. If information is about someone else and it has not come directly from that person's mouth, from the horse's mouth, it cannot be truthfully truth until you actually heard it from the individual themselves. Be careful not to be, as Leviticus 19 calls it in verse 16, a talebearer. The newspaper may have said it one way. Your neighbor may have said it another way. Uh, you know, um, uh, your, your spouse may have said it one way. Someone at church may have said it in a different way. But at the end of the day, the way that it truly is, is the way that it is for that you see of yourself. I was talk talking with some of our neighbors back here 
Uh, we're planning, Lord willing, hopefully, prayerfully, try to do some updates on our playground back here this year. And so I was back there doing some cleanup, and one of the neighbors came out and was chatting with me, and uh, they got to talking about uh, our church and uh, the school that was here. And the next thing I know, the neighbors telling me about all this and that about uh, the Christian school that, uh, uh, you know, this is what happened here and this is what happened here. And I've not, I've not been here that long, but I know that that which, the, that which they were saying uh, was not uh, at all factual. And I said, I'm sorry, but I said, that's, that's not actually, you know, uh, that's not actually true. She said, well, that's what the neighbor down here said. And, <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, there's your source right there. And, the, you know, the problem that comes with, uh, uh, with this tail-bearing is when we allow ourselves to become both the listener and the speaker of. Um, one thing pastors can be guilty of, especially um, the, the older pastors get, I believe anyway, uh, when it concerns Bible colleges, is they can conclude that a college is one way as a result of one student that graduates from that college. And, uh, but the truth is you never truly know what a college is teaching or what's happening in that college until you've stepped foot on the campus yourself and uh, heard it and you've seen it and you see what the result of all that's happening there is. Sometimes if we're not careful, even the, the, the best of people, okay, the most grown in their life Christians can take hearsay information and consider it as complete factual, okay? I say it to you as a church and speaking to you as your pastor, we must be careful be careful that we not be a listening ear to information that is not factual, okay? What makes it factual? You've heard it directly from that individual themselves. You know, one of the greatest things that can divide a church comes as a result of gossip uh, and different seeds of information about other individuals being passed around. And we are not a large church, uh, but we are a large enough and small enough church that it doesn't matter how you start the gossip. One person says one thing, and before you know it, the whole church knows, okay? And usually, pretty quick, the whole church knows. And let me tell you, it's amazing, too, how many times uh, something comes one way and with no intent for the pastor to hear, and usually comes all the way around and I do hear about it, okay? That's just the way that it works, okay? Uh, be careful that you're not a tailbearer. Be careful, be careful that you're not one who's sharing of information that you don't know to be truth. Uh, the Bible tells us the ungodly man digeth up evil. Uh, and the word of God continues in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. I say to you, as the word of God tells us, gossip, slander, speaking concerning somebody else without any factual truth and behind their back is nothing but as God describes it as evil speaking. You say, well, what about, what if, you know, what if what I'm saying truly is true? You know, in every joke or tease towards an individual uh, uh, or um, information that we may know about an individual, there's always a slight bit of truth. You know, in every lie, there's some truth in it. You cannot have a lie without taking the truth and twisting it, okay? Everything that we say can, will contain, my point is, contains some truth, okay? But be careful that you're not allowing yourself to be a speaker of that which is not complete truth. Again, we as we talked about this morning, what should we measure all truth and all things in our life by? By the word of God. And so uh, we could say on the flip side, treating others as you would want to be treated. Nobody likes to be talked about behind their back, you know. Uh, I remember when social media 
uh, Facebook uh, particularly first came out, there were lots of advertisements and things that um, uh, you would see online of uh, things like uh, uh, see who's looking at your profile. Does anyone remember seeing stuff like that? Okay, sometimes there's still stuff like that floating around. And so you would see this like advertisement that come up and uh, see who's looking at your profile. And if you click it, of course they say, give us your address, your social security number, and your debit card, and, and then we'll tell you who's looking at your profile, right? And there's that part of you that's like, who actually is looking at my status of my life that I'm putting out there? Uh, the truth is, um, you cannot live life on this earth without somebody saying something about you, okay? It's not that we are to completely close ourselves off, that we don't share anything with anyone. Uh, but at the same time, the Bible tells us as believers, we must be careful in that which we're listening to as, that much, as well as that which we are speaking. So what does the Bible tell us concerning gossip? Uh, in Proverbs chapter 18, you should still be in Proverbs, Proverbs 18, verse number 8. Now, verse number 8, the Bible says, The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. At the end of the day, once you begin, whether it begins as absolute truth or not, once you begin uh, sharing stories and tales about other individuals, it will find itself spiraling down to such a point that it, it will not have a positive effect on the individual to whom it concerns. Um, it's just like the joke is about a, 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 the man that goes fishing and he comes back with the fish stories. You know, Every time he tells a story, the fish keeps getting bigger. Okay? And uh, stories have a way of amplifying as they're shared. And um, uh, they, if it's something that was meant to be funny, before you know it, it becomes very, very funny at the very end because somebody's heard it now three or four times and they've shared it and now it's even funnier. You know, if something was, was uh, sorrowful and sad and discouraging, uh, it becomes very, very much so by the time it's about three or four times shared. Oh my goodness, they're absolutely depressed. They're at the point of committing suicide, okay? Uh, sometimes things can escalate to such a point once that tale bearing, that gossip sharing, the slander uh, finds its way along to such an extent. Um, it, back into the book of James, we read verse 7 a moment ago. Where the Bible tells us the tongue can no man tame. The word of God continues in verse number 8, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. I would say to you first, the word of God tells us that gossip is poisonous and or it's destructive. It's destructive. It's destructive to you as a believer when you share it. It's destructive to the believer or the unbeliever to whom you are sharing about, okay? Be careful in the gossip that you share. Um, uh, don't, don't be a gossiper, okay? Let's put it that way. Uh, it should not be in existence, okay? It's not about, okay, well, there's some gossip that's good, there's some gossip that's not. Gossip uh, is not acceptable before God. It is destructive. It is poisonous. It, is, it will not reap a good end uh, ever, okay? I can remember um, uh, there was a period of time with my family, my immediate family, that, um, you know, things, this and that was being shared, and, uh, and the conclusion of all of it, what was being said was always, um, well, it's just, we're just sharing it with our family. Uh, but before you know it, something was shared about something that I said about one of my siblings, and one of my siblings calls me back and said, hey, so-and-so said that you said this about me is actually what you said. And I'm thinking, we've allowed ourselves to fall right into the very same, the very same thing that Scripture is speaking against, this matter of tailbearing. We've started to talk about one another, and before we know it, what happens in the end? Now we've hurt somebody. 
Now that individual is confronting us, why? Not necessarily because they're angry, although in some cases it does draw out the anger in an individual. Anger is a whole other subject, an attitude, an emotion that the Word of God speaks about. But at the end of the day, where did it start? How did it start? Did it come out of our mouth to begin with? I had to ask my own self and speak honestly to my own family to be able to say, yes, we were talking about that. We were talking about you. But let me tell you, it wasn't quite to this extent as you may understand it to be. It truthfully was not. But you did come up in conversation. It was talked about. Uh, boy, I tell you, when, when the sin of gossip begins, it can spiral to such a point that uh, we're quick to be dishonest. Just the same. Uh, to tell lies as a result. Um, the Bible tells us it's, it's poisonous. James 1, verse 26, the word of God says, If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, the man's religion is vain. Pure religion undefiled before God the Father uh, and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows and their afflicted, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. God says your religion, your worship to God, is worthless when slander and gossip becomes an active part of your life. Think about that for a moment. You know, the sad and unfortunate part is in churches like, Bible-believing churches like Community Bible Church, unfortunately, the slain and the gossip, gossip can happen to the greatest extent right in the house of God. Be careful. Be careful what you say about others. Be careful what you're listening to about others. Don't, don't, uh, don't allow yourself to entertain those thoughts. Um, and by the way, um, you know, when you, it doesn't matter who it is, once you have in your mind the thoughts about what someone he or she has done or did or uh, has been said to have done or anything like that, um, once it's in your mind, it's there, okay? And some people especially have a very hard time getting it off of their mind. Uh, it's, it, they, they can't even look at the individual without thinking about it, okay? Um, be careful that you don't cause a fellow believer to fall into harm's way, therefore ruining their relationship with someone else just because of something you said about them. Uh, you, that, that can happen. Uh, that's advice my pastor would often uh, share with uh, me as a youth pastor. He'd say, well, you know, uh, Stephen, as a pastor, you, you, you share everything with your wife, but there's some things you can't share because there are things that people share with you that stay right there in the office. You bring it back home, you share it with your wife. Your wife's going to hold on to it much longer than you are. And once she knows about it in her own heart and in her own life, now she's going to have a hard time keeping a, a, a right, even look at that individual. And let me tell you, there's so much truth in that. There's so much truth in that. I wish I could say that I've absolutely perfected that principle in my life, but sometimes you learn the hard way. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you say about others. Be careful what you listen to. Be, be careful what you conclude to be truth and who you consider to be the most truthful individuals uh, that, that would... That would cause it to be factual fact uh, though the factual truth comes directly from the individual themselves and all truth which we consider truth must be measured by the truth of the word of God and if it's information that is not about ourselves uh, then don't let yourself be a listener of it or a, a retainer of it uh, the, the house of God can be a terrible place for it but let me tell you the home can be just as bad be careful what you say around your children about other people uh, whether young children or Grown adult children, be careful what you say. You say, well, Pastor, are you, aren't you kind of getting a little bit 
uh, into my life a little bit. We can't we just talk about what we want to in our homes? Uh, as, as your pastor, it's not my business to, to, to busybody micromanage your life, okay? But I'm cautioning you as a church body. The church is the believers, okay? What, come, what begins in the home carries right into the church. What continues in the church, that's where now my, God's calling to my life. That's where I've got, got to, as God's called shepherds, say, hey, we've got to be careful in this. I'm cautioning us as, as believers, don't let yourself become the listening ear. Don't let yourself become the, the speaking word of. I say to you, secondly, not only is gossip poisonous and destructive, but those who gossip will give an account before God. Those who gossip will give an account before God. Turn with me to Matthew 12. Matthew chapter 12. A very um, important verse when considering this subject. Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 36. Matthew 12, verse number 36 but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Be careful what words you use, what words you say. You will stand before God and give account of them. Matthew 12 and verse 34, the word of God says, O generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Let me say to you that a person who speaks gossip, the talebearer, the slanderer, it truthfully tells and speaks for the condition of their own heart. A lot of times the very things that we share about an individual can, not in every case, but can come as a result of some bitterness, some frustration, some they hurt me type of heart condition. What you say about others and what you allow yourself to hear and retain in your heart and in your mind uh, speaks for the condition of your own heart. Guard your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The Word of God tells us in Titus chapter 3. Why don't you turn there with me? Titus chapter 3. We're looking at a number of passages because when we read the Word of God, we find God inspiring and using different men to write Scripture but not one specific passage that says, here's everything that God says concerning gossip, okay? Uh, that's what we're looking at tonight uh, with the Lord's help to look at what the Word of God says concerning this matter of gossip. The Bible says in verse, chapter 3, verse 1, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, verse 2, to speak evil of no man. It's interesting that he puts that at the beginning, because notice what he says in continuation. To be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Speak no evil, speak evil of no man. I say to you that it becomes evil when it is information that is not coming from the source of truth. Okay? Um, guard yourself, guard your mind. Guard your, guard your ears. Benjamin Franklin said this, I will speak ill of no man, but even in the matter of truth, but rather excuse the faults I hear, and upon proper occasion speak all the good I know of everybody. It's a good, good practice to put into play. Speak of the good of other people, not of the bad. Speak of the good things that God is doing. Boy, uh, it's, when, you, when you notice Titus chapter 3 in verse number 1, the Bible talks about the principalities, the powers, the magistrates, those who are in charge, okay, the authorities. 
Some of the easiest people to pick at are the people who are in charge of something. I, I don't agree with everything of where our president stands. We, I, I, that's the truth of the matter. But uh, he is my president, I am in, and I'm to respect his authority. And it would not be in proper place for me as a believer in Christ to speak absolute ill continuously about my president. We could say the same for our governor. We could say the same thing for our mayor. We could go on and on down the line. Our, our boss at work, our pastor at church, our parents at home, to whatever extent that it may be. Why does Paul bring these things out? Because uh, understand, these are the very people that are at the front lines easy, easiest to speak evil of. And, you know, the, at the end of the day, if you want to find, you want to dig up some dirt about somebody, oh, you can find it. Because you know what we live in? A sin-filled world. Sin nature people. But don't let yourself become known as the person who contains all the information, okay? Unfortunately, there are some in every church, every, every church that I've ever been in, uh, and, and the, what, four or five churches that I've been a part of in my small, young life, okay? Uh, but there are always those people that's like, man, if anyone knows anything about such and such matter, they know. <laughs> and, uh, or you want to know something that's going on in town? They know. If you want to know something about somebody in the church, they know. If you want to know something about uh, the neighbor that lives next to you, they probably know, even though they don't live next to them, okay? And uh, I remember that there was, uh, and, and still is, this lady back home in, in uh, my home church. And you love them to death, uh, you know, you, 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 but uh, they, they're just, they, they just love to hear information. And they, anytime you sit down with them, they can't help but share information about other people. And uh, sometimes grandmas are good for that, too. I remember my grandma, uh, you could sit down with her. She's no longer living anymore, but uh, you could sit down with her, and you try to ask her about her day, and she'd tell you about every other person that was in the assisted living with her, but not hardly anything about herself. <laughs> and uh, it's just things, you know, uh, let me tell you, for some of us, uh, other people, the people who are the closest proximity to us, especially in that in that connection of somebody in assistant living in a nursing home, sometimes the people around us are so much a part of our life, they become, they become a part of our everyday life, we can't help but share about them. But at the end of the day, may it not be that we are sharing the negative things, okay? Speak of the good of other people. Practice to speak good of others. And don't let yourself become a listening ear to them. Um, and uh, uh, as I'm cautioning you as your pastor, caution yourself. Uh, don't, don't, don't be, don't, re remove yourself from the situation. You say, you know what, I really don't need to know that. Well, I was just, share, I was just talking, I don't, I don't really need to be, I don't need to know anything about that. that that's a good way to remove yourself from a, a situation of gossip. Um, you know, sometimes uh, I bring up pastors because that's who I am as a pastor. Sometimes pastors can be uh, bad about sitting down and talking about other pastors. And, uh, well, I heard that the reason why he left that church was because of this. No, what actually happened is, because, is that this happened. And then this happened. Yeah, but I read the newspaper, and it's just like suddenly you're asking yourself, man, these are supposed to be God's shepherds. These are supposed to be pastors, and they're allowing themselves to fall into this, this very thing. And this leads me to the third point. Understand that gossip is sin. Call it what you will. Gossip is sin. You, you, it is unacceptable before God. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God hath showed it unto them. 
In Romans 1, verse 28, listen to this. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Keep in mind, this is Paul speaking to the church at Rome. These are believers, okay? These are Christians, or at least claim to be Christians. And he's uh, speaking to them as a fellow preacher, okay? He's writing this letter to them, and he's telling these things not because he's judging them, but he's trying to help instruct them as a pastor. These things should not be in your life. But what does he say concerning it? He says, that God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And here's what he explains. Here are the sins. Verse 29 begins them and it continues. In Romans 1. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, and here it is, whisperers. God associates the sin of gossip right along all these what we would call vile sins. Remember, here's a church that was struggling with the sin of homosexuality, that which uh, was not even natural, uh, to, the Word of God says, was what was actively becoming a part of their life. And the Bible says that God gave them over to a reprobate mind, meaning that they, they were, that God is a God of second chances, but they had so hardened their heart to any change taking place from the attitude that, that they had towards God and obedience to his word, that God said, unless you turn around and do anything, there's not going to be any more of the chastening of God in your life. There's nothing more I can do for you. It's a choice of yours that you have to make. The Bible tells us he gave them over to a reprobate mind. A God-abandoned, a God-abandoned mind, is that which that, that word is speaking concerning whisperers those are the slanderers what do we learn then in conclusion here gossip does not put us in right standing before god god associates gossip with these other sins psalm 15 verse 1 through 3 lord who shall abide in thy tabernacle who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Listen to Psalm 15, verse number 2. He goes in verse 2 to give us uh, the righteous things which we are to add as characteristics to our lives. But then in verse 3, right, or the evil things that we are to remove from our lives. Here's the righteous things first. He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. Those are three things. Walketh uprightly, worketh righteousness, and speaketh the truth in his heart. These should be characteristics of those who can abide in the tabernacle. They, can, they are acceptable in the presence of God. Verse number three. Here are those things which we are to remove. He that bite, backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. This is that very beginning here. Backbiteth the tale bearer, the slanderer, the gossiper, the whisperer. And by the way, if it's, if it's something about somebody and uh, you, you have to put it on pen or paper or you have to whisper it uh, to share it with somebody, it's probably not a good thing you're sharing. The Bible tells us gossip, number two, is foolish. Not only does it not put us in the right standing before God, but it's foolish. Proverbs 10, verse 18. He that hideth hatred with lying lips and he that uttereth a slander is a fool. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. The tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. That word slander literally means making false statements about others that are not true. And how do we know that something's factual, something, that something's truth? 
if it's concerning somebody else, you've heard it directly from them. But at the end of the day, it's something that's measured by the truth of the word of God. That's how we know that it's true, okay? So if, if the word of God speaks concerning these things, uh, but it should never become an active part of our life that we're speaking of the evil things of others, but rather, but rather that we're speaking of the good. Number three, it is our words that most grieve the Holy Spirit. So gossip does not put us in right standing before God. It's foolish, but it is your words that most grieve the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4, verse 29. Why don't you turn there with me? Ephesians 4, verse 29. When we're, we are concluding here, so I would encourage you to stay with me. Sometimes we can close our Bibles up and be, be done. But uh, you, for you to see the Word of God with your own eyes and to verify that, that this is scriptural. That's the intent tonight. Ephesians 4, verse 29 the word of God says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of what? Edifying. That it may what? Minister grace unto the hearers. Verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, and here it is, evil speaking, be occasionally put away from you. Is that what it says? No. Put it all away. All of it. Don't have anything to do with it. Put it away. The Bible tells us put off the old man. The same context there. As with taking off, removing an article of clothing. Okay? That's what's saying here. Put it off. Don't let it become a part of your life. Don't let yourself plug into it. Ephesians 5, verse 18, just a page over. The Word of God says, And be not drunk with wine, we're in his excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So God places an emphasis on being filled with the Holy Spirit. But the greatest way that you can grieve the Holy Spirit is by doing these very things. Ephesians 4, verse 29 through verse 32. So what do we say as a whole? Don't be a person of gossip. Don't be a listener of the gossip. And speak things that will encourage and uplift others. Ephesians uh, in 4, in verse number 32, the Bible says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You say, well, pastor, you say it like it's easy. easy. It's not. Our sin nature uh, has a way of, in a, an intent of a getting back. And sometimes the only way that we feel like as a believer that we can get back is not to punch him in the nose, but it's to speak evil against them. If you feel like you've been wronged, uh, maybe someone has not done you right, be careful what you say about them. Guard your words. The Bible tells us you'll stand accountable before God for the words that you say about someone else. The Bible tells us that in the end, gossip is sin. And as we've already said, it's poisonous. It's destructive. And boy, in a church, it can divide. It can, it can drive families away from a church, as well as the opposite. It can bring families the tongue can bring families into the church. The power of the tongue. The Bible tells us life and death are in the power of the tongue. Both good and evil can come as a result of the use of the tongue. Taming the tongue. We try to tame it ourselves, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> That's why we need the Holy Spirit. We need his power in our life to enable us. Galatians 6 verse 10, the Bible says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially <laughs> unto them or of the household of faith. If there's the one group of people that we should absolutely, positively never, speaking evil of, it should be the people 
that are in Community Bible Church. The Bible tells us in Colossians 3, verse 12 through 13, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Let's pray. Our heavenly gracious Father, we ask that you would protect our church, Community Bible Church,